Greetings, friends, and welcome to episode 15 of the Game Diplomat Podcast, a bite-sized show about great games you might have missed. I'm your host, Josh Augustine, and today I want to tell you a little story about how I became a young cat girl with a penchant for witty one-liners, a distaste for authority, and absolutely no pants. Ever. It was kind of a weird time in my life, and it all happened in Night in the Woods, a story-driven adventure game with minor platforming elements where you revisit your old town and uncover mysteries. It was created by Infinite Fall, aka Alex, Scott, and Bethany, and published by Finji. It was released on Steam in, on February 21st, 2017, so just like a month ago. Uh, this is a game I've been waiting for for about a year, ever since I heard about it. I was waiting for this game, waiting for this game, and it came out. I was super excited to play, and I've absolutely loved it. So first, let's take a look at how you play Night in the Woods. You move and you click things. That's really about it. <laughs> this is not a game that's going to test your reflexes. It's very easy to play, and that's part of what makes it enjoyable. It lets you just focus entirely on the characters, the story, the little puzzles. Alright, so that's it. That's the game. What? That's not enough for you? You actually want to know what it is? Jeez, okay, fine. I'll tell you, but you're going to owe me. Now, for all practical purposes, you can think of Night in the Woods as an adventure game. If you've played any of Telltale's story-driven games, it's definitely more kind of in that casual neighborhood rather than like the punishing adventure games of yesteryear like Police Quest or anything like that. For the most part, you're just exploring 2D worlds like you would in a side-scroller or platformer. There are often ledges or wires to jump on, people to talk with, doors to open, things to interact with. And it's actually a lot easier to navigate with a controller, I found. So if you have a controller and you don't mind playing with that, definitely recommend that over mouse and keyboard. Alright, so story-wise, you are May. Not the character from Overwatch, thankfully, no ice walls getting thrown everywhere. You're just a college dropout who's returned to her hometown in the rural parts of... I don't actually, I don't think it actually says what state it's in. It's whichever one of those has full-on humanoid animal people that can talk, sell liquor, and play bass guitar. Oh yeah, May is a cat person. I hope that's cool, because she really doesn't care if it's not. She's a cat person anyways. So, you go around your old hometown, talking with old friends, old enemies, getting lost or stuck in subway stations and finding your way out, and eventually you begin to uncover a big mystery and surprise. It involves the woods which I presume you're going to spend a night in at some point. Probably only one. It's not called Nights in the Woods. Uh, I haven't gotten that far yet, though, so I don't really know, but that's what I'm assuming. It only makes sense. So as you go gallivanting around your old hometown, you occasionally run into puzzles that you have to think through and plenty of mini-games along the way, but that's really the core of the game. You're playing through May's experience of returning to her hometown, finding that some things have changed a lot, and that some things never change. And of course, that mystery in the woods... I'm sure it's spooky. I love that song. 
This is Greg's theme song. And don't worry about Greg. We'll get to Greg later. Just know that he rules, okay? Alright, let's talk about seven reasons to drop everything and immediately play Night in the Woods. Reason number one, heartfelt Mad Libs. So the intro to Night in the Woods caught me completely off guard. The only game I can really compare it to is Firewatch's Choose Your Own Adventure text intro that they do. But here it's more like you're kind of crafting a poem with Mad Libs. So a little scrolling text kind of starts showing up on the screen to set up the backstory for the game. What this world is, who you are, that sort of thing. And it lets you choose a word here or there, or a phrase here or there, to define how your grandfather spoke. Or what natural disaster hit, your, hit the town when you were a kid. And I'm not really sure that it actually impacts the game at all. I've tried a few different answers and it doesn't seem to change dramatically. You do get some different stuff in the text. I don't think the game changes much. It's just a fun way to start off the adventure, and it, even if it doesn't impact it at all, it did really kind of help set the mood and tone for the game. It's like a little palate cleanser that just kind of wipes away everything and gets you in the right mindset for this world you're about to jump into. And I kind of now I really want this sort of thing at the start of all of my games, kind of give you a little tease about what the world's about, what kind of game you're getting into. Is it serious? Is it thoughtful? Is it crazy? Uh, it just worked really well. All right, reason number two. Mini games. <laughs> if you love mini games, you're going to love this. There are plenty of jumping opportunities and things like that along the way. And I almost called them puzzles, but they don't often gate your progress. They're just kind of options you can use to explore more. I, I showed one of them off in the live stream. It's just a quick diversion that makes you think, challenges your reflexes in a minor way. It, this is not a platformer by any stretch of the word. I am awful at platformers. If you watched my <laughs> live stream of Dust Force, you know how true that is. Um, the core of the jumping mechanics rely on just one thing. Your third jump in a row is higher. So if you're ever stuck and you're like, I can't reach that jump, what do I do? You just jump three times. And you have to be moving while you do it, so you can't stay in place. So you have to kind of time out your jumps a little bit, and that's basically how you solve almost all the jumping puzzles. <laughs> but then there are the mini-games. The real mini-games. So Night in the Woods does a great job of breaking up the usual side-scrolling perspective. Right? Because the thing... I love adventure games, but you can't admit, or you, you can't admit, you have to admit, you must admit, listener, admit this right now, together with me, we will admit that adventure games get boring sometimes. You're always the same side-scrolling perspective, clicking on things, talking with people. It just kind of gets old. I can't play adventure games in long bursts anymore. So what Night in the Woods does is it breaks it up with little vignettes and mini-games constantly that are totally different along the way. Like when a friend drives May home. It swaps to a perspective, like, you know the old-timey movies where they had, like, cars in front of green screens and there's, like, the clearly obvious just static road behind them, but they're pretending to be driving? It's like that perspective where you can see the headlights in front of the car. Um, and it's that for a while, and you're interacting and doing your dialogue in there. And then one of the first things that happened when I got back to town was I ran into my old best friend, Greg, who totally rules, okay? So you run into him in this convenience store, and hold on. Let's just take a second to talk about Greg, because he deserves a second. In a hometown, in May's hometown, with really, really mixed reactions to you, Greg is the best. He is so genuinely excited to be with you and wants you to have the best time. Like, he's hilarious, he's goofy. Like, whenever he gets excited with you, I'm doing this now, he starts waving his arms like they're noodles and just going, yeah! <laughs> and, and often, it, you have to prompt to continue the conversation. So if you want, Greg will just sit there and do the happy dance that you're there forever if you never tell him to continue. 
Um, and in May's journal, she even writes, uh, Greg rules, okay? <laughs> and she could not be more right. So Greg, basically being the rulesingist fox that he is, of course tells you that the band is still together and invites you to play with them right now at the practice he's going to start right now just because you're home. So you head to band practice with your old band and you play Guitar Hero for a full song. Like, legit Guitar Hero-style gameplay. They built the whole thing into the game. Uh, there's a whole song with lyrics, and they're totally emo, of course. It's great. And the music plays, and you're playing the bass. So if you mess up the notes, the song, the bass and the song goes wrong. But if not, it goes really good, keeps bouncing, feels good. And that is definitely one of the bigger mini games that they put in there. And all huge games within games like that, though. Uh, sometimes the mini games are just tiny, silly things. Like... At one point, you'd find a dismembered arm on the ground. So, of course, you get a mini game to poke it with a stick. Why not? And so, <laughs> it's fun. You can poke the arm in different ways and poke different parts of it. And you can actually uncover clues if you poke it the right way. Uh, or you can not get those clues if you poke it the wrong way. And you can see that in the live stream, too. Actually, I played in the live stream long enough to make sure that I got the dismembered arm mini game and the Guitar Hero mini game. So, you can check both of them out on there if you wanted. But the best one is a video game that you can play on May's computer inside of this game. Gameception! It's a dungeon crawler roguelike, aka the exact type of game that we've already recommended on the show multiple times, so you know I love it. It's simple, but it's fun. You're like a cat with a sword that can like dash forward or do a sweeping attack. And it's apparently it's way deeper than I realized. Um, because I looked at the soundtrack for the game, and there are 12 levels. Each level gets its own song on the soundtrack. Uh, I couldn't find my way out of the first one. I killed everything and destroyed all the barrels, and there was a locked door. And I didn't know what to do. Uh, I'm just a total noob. But Greg rules, okay? Reason number three, the giggles. <laughs> the lead character, May, isn't really the type of person I'd actually want as my best friend. Uh, first of all, she's a freaky cat person, which is kind of a non-starter for me. But she's also really sarcastic, cynical, witty, perceptive. Basically a darker, fur-covered Jerry Seinfeld, maybe? Throwing out jabs and observational humor, like the oven is too hot and the flapjacks are all out of stardust. It's, I mean, that's probably not a phrase, is that? I couldn't really think... What is the phrase? Like, they're, they're going out of style? That sounds... Uh, nobody says that anymore, right? Like, they're, they're telling, throwing out observational humor like they're going out of style. I don't know. If you could think of a better phrase I could use, send it to me, and I'll use it next time. I'll give you credit, pay royalties, whatever you want. Um, man, there's got to be a better phrase there. Anyways, uh, let's see. What were we talking about? Oh, yeah. May is super entertaining to watch. And that's a lot of what this game is. Like all Avenger games, right? It's a lot about just characters and personalities. How the people interact with the main character. How the main character chooses to react to them. How weird the world is. Uh, the scenarios, the one-liners, the memories, the conversations you get into, they all feel genuine in this game. Even when they're dripping with silliness or nostalgia, uh, they're funny. Uh, but I don't want you to think this game is a big joke, though. It's not. Proven by reason number four. The Thinks. That's like a wrestler. The Thinks! And he comes in and doesn't fight you, but he just uses his brain. He, like, outsmarts you. He only does one move the whole fight and just instantly wins. There you go. You can take that WWE or F or whatever the wrestling organizations is nowadays. I don't know. All right. So the humor in the game isn't silly slapstick. It's softer than that. It's, it's more subtle. The whole game kind of alternates between making you think and making you smile. 
It makes you nostalgic, but also makes you curious. It surprises you, it amuses you. The story is about a college dropout that heads back to her hometown and is just learning how to move on and deal with things that have changed and things that are happening in the town. And of course, something spooky in the woods. May isn't a caricature. The One of the lead de- developers on the game, maybe the lead developer, I think, uh, his Twitter handle is BombsFall. Uh, I highly recommend following him if you like political outbursts and rants. He, he tweets a lot. It is very passionate about a lot of stuff. But just kind of observing and talking with him kind of over the past year on Twitter, it feels like May is very... A lot of things in May's life about going back to your hometown as a 20-something-year-old, uh, it feels very real. And I wouldn't be surprised if his if he's getting some inspiration from his own life here. Hopefully he was never a cat person. And hopefully he never found a severed arm and poked it with a stick. Um, but there's just something... You know those, the indie feel that you love in, in kind of indie games? It's hard to describe, but just that feel of authenticity. Like it's one person's story. That they've really poured their heart and kind of their personality and who they are into this game. And you get that feeling when you play it. This game has that. It just it feels really good. Uh, so May's... Interactions with her parents can be warm at times, familiar, and even frustrating. I mean, this is, it's not real life. It's cat people, but it has the the genuine feeling of real life. Uh, she meets a lot of different people that think a lot of different things, and she has to learn how to deal with all of them. All right, reason number five, unbroken brains, which I think we can all basically agree is the best kind of brains. Nobody likes broken brains. I don't think even zombies like broken brains. That's like finding a broken egg on the ground at kid gross don't do that i did have a pizza with an egg on it though it's pretty good it wasn't great it was fine it's pretty good i'd have it again all right anyways puzzles are reasonable and limited to a single screen so that was kind of always the thing that drives me crazy in adventure games when you get to the point where like you don't know how to solve the puzzle and you can access like 30 different locations so you're just like i guess i'm just going to go across all 30 locations and see if I can click or talk with anybody that I missed. (laughs) Um, Night in the Woods keeps you kind of trapped where, where you need to solve the puzzle. So you know what you, what your options are and worst case scenario, you just try all of them and it usually works eventually. And you, you almost never have to resort to that random clicking because the game, the puzzles aren't that hard. Uh, They're usually just there to serve the story, kind of make you think a little bit. It doesn't frustrate you with really difficult or complex stuff. Just enough to keep you thinking, feeling like you're making some choices and solving some problems, and then it's done, and you get back to the story. All right, reason number six, cat-like exploration. There's no boring terrain in Night in the Woods. It feels like the whole place was at least partially designed by Willy Wonka and the Riddler or something, teaming up to make everything feel like a fun puzzle. (laughs) I don't know. I tried a really long time to think of good people to use in that example. I think it's just a bad metaphor. I don't know what to do there. It's just, it's a fun world. All right. The first city street you run down is this fun kind of sprawling hill that kind of curves up like a wave. And every house you pass has windows or statues that after a while you realize, maybe I could jump on those. And it's actually, the more you look, it's a carefully crafted jumping puzzle. And it's just sitting there. If you want to do it, you don't have to. There's no, there's no requirement. It's not locking things behind it, but there's some cool bonus things up there to do and see if you want to. So I eventually made my way from one window ledge to another, onto a balcony, onto a statue, and then I found out I could get all the way up on the power lines that were above the city. And 
I, I think probably you shouldn't walk on power lines, but May did. May's a cat person. It's a cat person perk, right? They're very light on their feet, so she won't get electrocuted. But then I realized as I was kind of bouncing on the power lines that the power lines went off screen. I was like, hmm, let's see what happens. So I tried jumping off of them off the screen, and they go up across the previous screen where I was earlier. But now I'm way up in the air, and I can't even see the ground. It's like a totally different part of where I had already been. And there's nothing up there. It was just fun. I got a couple new interactions, some cool views, and eventually just dropped back down to the street and moved on, kicking little beautiful leaves everywhere I went. <laughs> they do a lot of cool stuff with, like, as you're running, fireflies will latch onto you. You're kicking up autumn leaves and that sort of stuff. And that's fun, too. All right, reason number seven, wonderful nostalgia. If you've ever left your hometown or gone to a family or high school reunion or anything like that, you're going to feel right at home in this story. And I, this kind of hit me at just the right time because i'd like for the first time ever an experience at work where i was like the old person in the conversation and that's weird to me i just turned 30 i thought i was still the young guy clearly i'm not at least in some circles i've also moved back close to my hometown so i mean everything about this just really hit home with me and there's just a lot of really nice touches like may will jump on the fence and kind of walk on it like a kid does with their arms out you run into old teachers. She gets yelled at by a pretzel shop owner because she stole a pretzel there years ago and the guy hasn't forgiven her. Um, you return to your old hangouts and you find them inhabited by teens who think you're too old to be cool. It just It's all authentic, right? I said that earlier. It's just a reminder. I think that good stories don't need to be about dragons or monsters or murderers or anything like that. Like Sometimes simple things in life can be compelling too. I played a lot of games that make me feel nostalgic for video games, right? Like the remakes of Monkey Island, which are some of my most favorite games of all time. I love the remakes. Really reminded me of playing those games with my with my dad when I was younger. You know, classic style JRPGs, arcade remakes of some of my favorite arcade games. But I don't think I've ever really played a game before this that made me feel nostalgic for like my real life childhood. Like not involving video games at all, just life. Uh, Night in the Woods is about being a person. It's about growing up and revisiting places where you've met friends and had experiences after you've grown up, and both the place and you have changed some. Uh, th that feeling alone made me enjoy playing this game. It's not sad or depressing, right? I, I, I don't want you to think like, oh, it's going back, oh, everything, nothing can change, everything's worse, boo-hoo. It's just acknowledging the truth that Thomas R Wolfe wrote about 80 years ago, right? You can't go home again. The world changes, you change. But it's still special to return to those places and reunite with those friends. It's different now, but still good. I love that song. So if you like that song, it's probably because either it made you dance, which did me right now, or 
It made you feel like a cat wielding a katana killing goo monsters. Which may have been, that's a, e another equally excellent response to that music. Because that's the theme song to the game within a game, the RPG, <laughs> the, the roguelike game. That's like to boss 11 or something, I forget. It's, I think it's about like killing the blood monster or something. <laughs> that's the song you're doing it to. It feels great. So if Night in the Woods sounds like fun, you can buy it for 20 bucks. I'll have links to all the stores on GameDipMad.com along with everything we talked about here and a video of me playing the game so you can check it out before you buy. And I have a little bit of weird news. I wasn't able to get the devs to send me any copies of the game to give away this time. So apologies for that. I'm sorry. Hopefully we'll get some codes for the next game. But for Night in the Woods, you're on your own. But it's only 20 bucks. If you, if you think it's cool, you should buy it. Support this game. Uh, we can, however, announce the winners for last episode's contest, though. The correct answer to the trivia question about cities in Mini Metro was London. So congratulations to Dylan, who answered correctly and won a copy of Mini Metro, which is a strategy game with more subways than you can handle, buddy. You can learn more about it on episode 14. And a quick correction on that episode, too. Uh, the developers reached out to me because I accidentally said they were a Canadian studio, but they're actually in New Zealand. Uh, which is pretty much as far from each other as two places can be on the globe, I'm pretty sure. So, uh, sorry about that. Uh, but love Mini Metro. You guys should check it out. It's such a great game. And if you enjoyed the show, you can tell your friends about us. You can leave a, re a review on iTunes. And I really want to thank Matthew Beebe and Wisconsin Smith for leaving reviews up in September. I don't think I mentioned them at the time. I think I did mention Shiny Rob who also left a review around that time. Uh, but I don't think I did Matt, Matt Beeb or Wisconsin Smith. But our last reviews were in September. So if you enjoyed the podcast, please go on iTunes, leave us a review. I'd really appreciate it. Other things I'd appreciate, join our Discord server. Talk with us. We're talking about games all day, every day. We talked about Night in the Woods for the past, like, week straight on there. Plus a lot of other good games that are going on, including a bunch of games that we're considering for the future of the show. So I asked for advice in there or if people have played games that i'm considering what they think or if they have suggestions they toss it in there we're constantly giving each other suggestions for cool games to try so please come join us you can also join our steam group which is a nice way just to see the games that we recommend and connect on there uh you can also give us some financial love at gamediplomat.com forward slash donate and i normally skip right over this but i want to take just a moment because since we kind of missed out on the game key this time around uh I would love to get some donations coming in so I could buy game keys for all the games and give it away on every episode. Because I am totally happy to never make money doing this podcast. But I really don't want to lose money making this podcast, if that makes sense. I've already put a, a fair amount of time into this, um, so I'd like to at least break even. So if you really enjoy the show or if you just want to help uh, with just game keys, uh, putting in some a subscription on Patreon or PayPal would be really nice. Uh, there's links, gamediffmat.com forward slash donate, or just send me a note and say, hey, I want to support the next three game keys or something and donate 50 bucks or whatever. Uh, anything like that would be just really helpful just to make sure we can keep giving out game keys on this show. I'd really appreciate it. But no matter what, thank you for spending your time with us. I hope you found a fun new game to play. And in the next episode of Game Dip Matt, we'll talk about Dungeon Rushers, a turn-based RPG with multiplayer dungeon building. We'll see you then.